You're listening to the City Church Dublin podcast. Conversations about faith and life designed to encourage and equip you as disciples of Jesus. Welcome to episode two of the City Church Dublin podcast. My name is Mark Smith. I'm joined, as always, I can now say as always, because this is uh, episode two, uh, with my uh, co-host, Duncan Candler. You doing okay? Doing okay. Good. Bit tired, but we got the first, well, one of the first full sleeps last night from Erin. So she actually slept till six something this morning. Wow. Um, which was wonderful. Better for my wife than me, not going to lie. So you don't um, know yourself? Yeah, so it was it was really good. Becky woke up and was like, oh, I feel fresh today. What's that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually slept. <laughs> uh, praise the Lord for those, for those little miracles. Um, not the children, the night's sleep. <laughs> um, praise the Lord for children, too. Uh, let's talk about love. Love. Uh, I know it's not Valentine's Day, but we mentioned in our first episode, because you got our mission statement wrong, and articulated our vision statement, uh, yes. which is our three loves, to love God, love people, and love Dublin. Uh, our mission statement is different to that, um, and you, you'd, of course, you've memorized it now, because you knew that I'd bring it up again. <laughs> yes. I I like to keep it within, rather than, you know, you want to, you express want to, it. You want to embody it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, we'll leave that as a little Easter egg that people can go and check the website about. But our vision as a church is uh, is to is to love, uh, to love outside of ourselves. Because actually, when you kind of consider the gospel and what uh, God has done, done and who God is uh, God himself is a community of love the father loving the son the son loving the father the spirit loving the son and the, the father that they are uh, a, an eternal community of love and everything that exists is an overflow of that and so it's right and uh, that we should see that in the gospel that Jesus himself is motivated by love outside of himself for us as uh, as lost people and uh, and discipleship therefore and what it means to follow him is to grow in that in that loving outside of ourselves-ness and so that's why we thought it was really important to kind of have that as our our vision was to grow in love and in these three aspects to love God to love people and and to love to love Dublin I guess you know, those two things, or those three things, rather, kind of focus into a particularity. So maybe we kind of start with the the biggest one of uh, of, of loving God. Where do where does your mind go when you first think of what it means to love God as a follower uh, of Jesus day by day? What does that look like? Mm. I think. Loving God, I guess what comes to mind first, it's it's not just loving information about God, not loving knowing things about the Bible or, or anything like that. It's actually seeking to know him in a personal relationship. Um, so day by day, that's, that's how is he actually a part of my day, in my thinking, in my attitude, in in the way in which I approach different situations or different people or, or whatever. Um, 
Am I mindful of my relationship to my loving father and living out of my true identity as a son of God? That 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 actually captures the way in which I think, the way in which I act, and the way in which I speak. Um, is that true of me? Um, and and how that can look. That's both in terms of actually seeking him in my days through prayer, um, through the word, how, how am I prioritizing those things? Um, because <laughs> yeah, I just think, you know, the, the hymn, which I even quote in sermons quite often is, you know, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it prone to leave the God I love, um, that we actually need to realize, uh, we need to fight for that relationship. Um, and fight for our affections to be found in him uh, so often. Um, but those are some things that initially come to mind. What about for you? What, what um, Just picking up on new court income that I find. Mm. What do you do when, uh, when you don't, when you don't feel it? Mm. Um, what do you do when when your love for for God feels cold, or maybe that never happens to you? <laughs> no, uh, I remember a particular period of time. I've, uh, to be honest, it feels like it was maybe a year, two years. It might have been just a few months. I I can't remember fully um, of wrestling with that very thing of I have all this information and this knowledge about God and I know I should feel certain things towards him, but I'm not. Um, and I think for me, my, my gut response was to, not perfectly, but as best as I can, continue to seek and be faithful uh, toward him uh, so what I mean by that is, though I, I wasn't just rejoicing every morning as I was reading the Bible, I wanted to still read the word. I wanted to still seek him in prayer. Um, and while I was doing those things, I was also resting on his promises. Uh, and what I mean by that is relying upon that. Yeah, I don't feel it right now, but I do believe it and I do rest in the fact that by his grace I will one day again feel and experience for myself the joy of my salvation mm. that that will return um, though it isn't for this moment I do trust that he will do that and he will work that in me mm. um, so yeah I think that those were primary things and seeking to um, seek to find joy in God in our lives like are we actually looking for it consciously in those moments are we thinking about wow like today this it's not been the best day but the sun's come out now and again do we be like wow god by his grace has given me the joy of being able to experience this sun <laughs> or whatever it might be whatever helps us to remember his care his 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 devotion towards us mm. I think it's really important. I think that's really helpful. And part of what you're saying, I think, is, is we think that love is uh, is pure emotion. Mm. That it's a feeling. And 
I think one of the one of the things that was really helpful for me to realize is that it's not that love is often uh, a choice and it's a choice even when the feeling isn't there mm. um, and it's a choice in the in the prayerful hope that the um, that the feeling of love however you want to find that uh, would be would be reignited that we we choose to love and like I think anybody anybody listening to this who has been married for any length of time and that, you know, and you know all all jokes aside um, one of the reasons why Christian marriage is set up to to work well is that no matter how you are feeling at any given moment in time along that marriage that you've you've made you've made vows and commitments mm-hmm. to one another that that regardless of how you quote unquote feel in the moment that you choose to love the person mm-hmm. um, and and that in itself feeds into um, get a greater feelings of love mm. I think Tim Tim Keller I think it's him uh, has this has this idea that the, the Christian is motivated uh, by both beauty and duty that in the in heaven when we see him face to face all Christian motivation will be motivated by beauty mm. we will we will live for him because we are so captivated by how beautiful and wonderful he is. Mm. But right now we're fickle creatures, we're still warring against sin, we have divided hearts and loves and things compete for our affections all the time. So what do you do? Do you say, well, I don't really feel like reading my Bible, or I don't really feel like connecting with uh, God's family, or I don't really feel like loving my wife or my husband or whoever it is. Um, do you say, well, because because the emotional drive isn't there, I'm not motivated by the beauty of that, so I'm not going to do it. So, well, no, actually, I'm going to I'm going to do my duty, and I'm going to pray that it'll become a joy. Mm. I'm going to do my duty, and I'm going to pray that it gives way to 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 more and more beauty, mm. as as God has promised that it would be. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And like what it made me think of, <laughs> whether it's right or wrong, something I often say is. I don't always like my wife, but I always love her. <laughs> we, we may add that up. Yeah, yeah, we may. <laughs> but, but, it, but there is truth in that, though, in the fact that... I never think that about you. Oh, me. yeah, sure. My wife thinks that about that, me. Yeah, yeah, my <laughs> wife thinks that about me. Um, because it's like, actually, um, there are ways in which we are not, we are not yet complete. Um, and I think that vision of what you are stating is so important that we keep that in mind of what a joy that will be <laughs> when when we don't have those warring emotions uh within us when we actually um don't feel that tension anymore uh but when we are fully complete in Christ with him forever um internally united to him um that that will be glorious. I think one of the things that's really important here, um, and it's good to communicate to to anybody that's listening to this who comes to City Church, is this idea of um, 
your your pastors, leaders, the normal Christian experience is not for us always to be spiritually turned up to eleven. Mm. That there are always your seasons of dryness and um, uh, and just you know, not not quite you know, quote unquote feeling it. Um, and that's important to say because often in our kind of Christian subculture. You, there's this sense that you have to come in with the with the painted on smile and mm. sing about everything being brilliant and it's often not and I think it's just really really good to say that that's okay mm. I mean the second I mean the second love is is loving people and so that is that is a that is a more embodied love and that also has benefits for us as we seek to kind of grow in Christ-likeness as we seek to um, be discipled. What does it what does it mean to to love others in the community of the church? What does that what does that look like? Mm. I think it looks like many things. <laughs> I think you say I thought you were gonna say I think it looks like me. Oh. <laughs> many, yeah, okay. I think, many I just think it looks many, like me. I yeah. just really think that I'm embodying. It's, sort of it's me, guys. Perfect. Uh, no, it, it is many things, and and actually, even with that, it's just because we are uh, Christians, we are also still uh, uniquely wired. So actually, our love toward one another can also look different based upon the person that we are seeking to love and care for, um, as well. Uh, but but it is that seeking to be an encouragement to others, seeking to show genuine care for others, seeking to point others to Jesus, uh, seeking to just be there for others, um, being someone who is known by those around you um, to be steady. <laughs> like to know that that person is for you and will be there for you if you need is a great encouragement and, and assurance to people. Um, so those are some of the kind of initial thoughts I, I would have, but, but I think it can be captured in so many different ways in, in the life of a church. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's informal and formal, Mm. isn't it? There are, there are ways in which we express our love for one another, even on, even on a Sunday morning. Um, you know, the guys who, the guys who show up early, to, to get everything ready are are showing their love for for the body um, the fact that we sing together to God and to one another is an expression of our affection and love for one another the fact that we take the Lord's Supper together uh, as a family of believers is an expression of our love and solidarity uh, you know, around the around the death and resurrection of Jesus, when somebody gives you um, a nice hot cup of coffee, it's an expression of love. They have taken time uh, to to volunteer and to do that, and that is um, you know, all of those all of those Sunday morning actions adorn and you know, seek to beautify you know, what we're about as a as a community as we. As we seek to to love people, mm. but we also do it in informal ways. You know, there's ways in which the church is helping those in in need, and even in our in our community life, 
the the things that are programmed like Sundays and community groups are the seedbed for for even deeper relationships. I mean, none of us would want to say that that just Sunday and then Tuesday or Wednesday night is what is what you should be involved in. It's a it's a living life together mm-hmm. and that's good for that's good for people whatever age and stage that they're they're at. Um, and it's good for it's good for the individual because um, it's so it's so easy isn't it to uh, to become kind of very self focused uh, and one of the one of the really healthy things um, is to is to consider the needs of of others so that's not just that's not just Christian duty that's actually good for you mm. it's good for you mentally it's good for you emotionally spiritually to be looking to that and i think on that this past sunday preaching on community um one of the key things that i was trying to draw out in that text is the fact that um people's salvation and people's invitation into the community go hand in hand that it is that we are actually invited into something that we are it it isn't so even when we say things even when we say oh guys get involved in these things <laughs> that's not trying to twist people's arms it's actually saying this is what i need and this is what you need as a believer that these are for our good these are these are the relationships we need because actually i know in my life that i need brothers in Christ who can love me, care for me, whose relationship is life-giving um, to help me in the journey. And sisters as well. Now the relationship looks different. Um, but 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 it's so important that we realise that this is something... Um, once you capture it and once you actually taste it, you will want more of it. Um, because of how needed it is, but also how right and good it is for us, mm. which is important. Yeah, when uh, when God rescues the people of Israel from from Exodus, it's not as though He opens the the barn door to Egypt and goes right off. You go. As soon as He rescues them from slavery, He rescues them for relationship. Mm. The very next thing that he does when they've crossed the Red Sea is they come to Sinai and he he makes them a people. He makes he makes them his people, and 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 says, "Look, this is this is how we're going to to live together uh, mm. and flourish together." And so I think I think, I think that is um, you really you really true and good and beautiful, where you say that that's what the that's what the gospel does. Um, we're not just rescued from slavery to sin and death. We're rescued for something. And what is that for? Well, it's it's restored relationship, mm-hmm. uh, relationship with God and relationship with one another. And that's, I guess, that's what makes us different to a social club. Because if it was just relationship with one another, and you didn't have the the vertical aspect of uh, of restored relationship with God, the love of God bit of our of our vision, then we wouldn't be any different to 
uh, a social club with with people with kind of mutual shared interests. But that's what sets the church apart. That there's a mm. there's a vertical restoration of love of God, and that gives way to a horizontal restoration of 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 loving our neighbour. And one of the <laughs> you know, one of the things that you kind of you look around and slightly kind of pinch yourself about is that the people who are at City Church, you wouldn't naturally hang out with them. Mm, I mentioned yeah. that on Sunday. I said I wouldn't be their friends. <laughs> okay. I'm well, I'm glad that you and I are in agreement on that. Uh, sorry if you're feeling particularly picked on. Uh, <laughs> but that's the, the gospel brings um, unlikely people together. And that's one of the beautiful and amazing things about it. Um, our third love is love of Dublin. Mm. Now, as as a Kilkenny man, <laughs> I am I am dying to hear what you love most about Dublin. That's that's hard. Um, what do I love most? Most is is a big word. Like, yeah, to just pin down one thing, I I do I love where we are at. Obviously, in terms of in Dublin. Uh, where we are planting, I genuinely see how the Lord has drawn and really grown our heart for that area and that community. You're being very pious about it. You moved to the south side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, to be honest, the Lord brought us there. We we didn't know where we'd be. Um, that's just where we ended up. And then he ended up drawing our hearts yeah. there more permanently. Uh, but, yeah, I do, I do think... Um, where we are in particular, um, there is a genuine community. Uh, there's a genuine uh, desire f- amongst people um, for relationship, which is really nice, uh, a really good. I-, I love the coffee scene in Dublin. <laughs> um, Favourite coffee shop? Shout out to Andrew ooh. and Martin. Yeah. Favourite. That's hard. Because it depends what you're going... Are you going just for the coffee itself or for the overall space as well? Because a lot of them are small, so they don't have the great spaces sometimes. So it's it's hard. Are you calling out Barraza for the overall space? And I feel, but it's not the best um, coffee. Yeah, I don't know. So the... What is it? Um, I can't even remember the name of it. I like... Every time I've gone to, is it Clem? Clement and Pico? Yeah, Pico. That's it. Uh, that's quite a nice coffee shop in the centre. Um, yeah. What about you? Do you know, I feel like I don't? I haven't quite found kind of po- post COVID the really good one. So there was a really good one uh, that was in Temple Bar. It's long since closed down. It was in the the Irish Film Institute, and. Um, and it's it's gone now. It used to be the office uh, for for me. Um, yeah, I'm, if I'm coming into city, I'll go to go to Shoe Lane. Shoe Lane, yeah, yeah. So Shoe Shoe Lane uh, has both good filter and good flat white. Um, but yeah, I haven't found a good kind of sitting. 
place mm. yet. So maybe you can maybe kind of answers on a postcard. Yeah, yeah. Um, reviews, right? Yeah. <laughs> right, your comments. North side, north and west side. So coffee works is more of a thing. I don't know if that's a thing in the south side. So there's one in Blanchardstown, there's one in Lucan. Um, and so, yeah, it would normally kind of default to, to coffee works. You've got loads of options. You've got like Through the Green and um, and all sorts of great coffee around you guys. Side side, yeah. Side side. But not lots of sit-down places. Through the Green, obviously, Grindstone, uh, but both are, are just kind of pick up and go. But, yeah. What things do you love about Dublin? <sighs> I... Maybe add it the uh, the length of the yeah, pause. That, here. I was like, that's fine. I was like, yeah, <laughs> that pause is fine. Just can't, just can't think. Of anything. <laughs> and thank you for listening <laughs> to episode <laughs> two. <laughs> You've been listening to this is your podcast. Um, so I've just asked the question. Yes. Gosh, what is the answer? Well, I was gonna draw on. And I haven't gotten there. One thing I do think is wonderful about Dublin is the accessibility of it. And also with that accessibility comes the fact that we have lots of internationals within Dublin. Yeah, like, okay. Right, we can rush off on that. It's my thing. Oh, I've always enjoyed uh the the feel of of Dublin, I've always enjoyed its uh, its life, its nightlife. I think that it's, uh, hitting the clubs, hitting the, cl- <laughs> hitting the clubs. Uh, you can find me in coppers uh, most Saturday nights. No, there's yeah. The city is both to me anyway. Uh, it is both beautiful and broken, and I'm saddened to see more of its more of its brokenness. More people struggling. With hopelessness and addiction, but addiction is—I mean—that's hopelessness, isn't it? Uh, and so I'm saddened by saddened by that, and I think the city has been affected by the lockdowns the last couple of years. But there's still—you know—I lived in London before this, and um, it was a—it was a great place to spend a, a few years, but it's just bewilderingly large. Mm. You know, one of the good things about Dublin is that it's. Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty accessible. One place to another. I mean, it, you know, it doesn't matter. It always seems that wherever you are, the other place that you want to be is about half an hour away. Max. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, do I need to get to Duncan Yeah, it's about half an hour. Half an hour away. Do I need to get in the city? Yeah, it's about half an hour away. And so that and so that makes so the city is accessible. Um, you, know, city church is just symbolically on the north side. We live on the north side. Always have. And um, you know, we love, we love the north side. We know that it's probably not as cool as the as the south side. You're there, west. You're west. There isn't there is, <laughs> north it, side. Isn't as much. Yeah, you th- it, there isn't as much swimming to be done, and uh, you know we're we're not all kind of walking along the promenade and and uh, Black Rock or the pier and Dunleary. Um But you know, the north side, yeah, historically, um, really hasn't had much investment in terms of the. Uh, the Evangelical Church has a population of about three, four hundred thousand people within the within the M50 there, and 
you know, I love I love that we can go kind of five minutes from our house and be in the Phoenix Park, and we're always you love fine. Phoenix Park. We love the Phoenix Park. Yeah. yeah. Um, there are there are always new places to to explore mm. there, and so it's yeah where we are. It's a it's a good place to raise a raise a family. It's just so darned expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bunsen or Wildberger? I don't know if I've ever been to Wildberger. I've been to Bunsen. Okay. Love Bunsen. Wildberger has good onion rings. Okay. I d- do you do onion? Are you an onion ring sort of? Mm. Sometimes I can find them overbearing, especially if there's... Overbearing? Like, <laughs> uh, like, do you know when you just eat and you get to a point where you're like, ooh, that was a bit too much? you gotta just you got to just push on through that. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. But yeah, so Bunsen is quality. So one thing I was actually thinking was something I know is true of you in terms of loving Dublin is the young professionals, is the students... Um, have you always had a heart in that direction, or what? What has drawn you in that kind of direction? Oh yeah, the city was always kind of set up, kind of gunning primarily for for students and young professionals. You know, those are the the people I feel like I connect with the most and understand uh, the most. And uh, you know, I think your city uh, city has an opportunity to. Um, to invest in and then send out um, so many, so many people, um, you know, whether they're here for a year or for four years. And uh, we've always had that kind of seed scattering, wanting to train up and send out mentality. And no, that's, that's meant that in the early years, particularly, there's been a lot, there's a lot of turnover and, um, and not an awful lot of giving because there's, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's there's poor and then there's student poor, um, uh, and so that that's that's had its kind of positives and and negatives. But I I enjoy I enjoy the inquisitiveness of uh, of of students. Um, yeah, I love being uh, at the at the universities, and I think that investing in in the student side of our our ministry. And you know, thankfully, students graduate and they become young professionals, and and more of those. Uh, some of you listening to this, you know, have been at City. You've graduated. You've gotten married. You're starting a family, and you've you've stayed in Dublin. I mean, that's just it's just a remarkable, remarkable thing uh, to invest in a community over over a long kind of of years. And I think that's where we can really begin to uh, to go. Kind of, Deepen relationship with one another and to and to affect some some change. So mm. yeah, always I think always well, particularly with our location, have a have a heart for students, and we really want to see how we can best um, you maximize that. Mm. Yeah, and that's really encouraging in terms of I think the church needs to consistently be thinking about the next generation, um, and not just even students, but young people and kids. How we invest in in their lives and seek to grow disciples in those ways, um, which is great. And and I think another thing that I love about Dublin is the fact that Dublin is so accessible. Um, it has become very much an international student. And, and even on Sunday, I was kind of encouraging people to think about 
the joy that it is that we are meeting together with, whether it's Nigerian brothers and sisters, whether it's South African brothers and sisters, Romanian, you know, we as city get a joy uh, of being able to worship together and and that is a part of the context that we are in uh, because Dublin is international. Um, and one of the beauties of that is it, it is truly a foretaste of what is to come as well um, around the throne where every tribe, tongue and nation will be represented um, is is wonderful to be able to enjoy and be a part of that here. I think that's why loving God, loving people and loving Dublin is our vision. Because what is a vision? A vision is something that is that is kind of it's a it's a high ideal it's set um it's set above our current plan of vision it's a trajectory it's a it's what we are aiming at we don't even in our own personal lives we don't perfectly embody those those loves uh we don't as a community perfectly embody those loves but they are set as uh, as our vision as our uh as our north star, the direction that we're going in, and that direction ultimately culminates in what you're what you're talking about. Um, that it will give way. This whole all of history will give way to uh, to love and to love gathered around the throne, um, as you say, uh, with people from from every tribe and tongue and language and and nation. And so that's why it is our vision. It's what we invite people to join. Uh, in and to invest in and that in your dear listener uh, discipleship at City what we want to see you grow in and what we want to give our time and our our efforts to helping you grow in is in is in love in love for God in love for people and in love for the city that God for however long you're here has placed you in 